Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Low Blow Booking Podcast. My name is Derek Cornett, and we are coming at you live and in living color on your mobile listening devices. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to wish you all a happy holidays here as we are rounding out the year 2015 and jump-starting into 2016, and we are going to do it with a bang right here on the Low Blow Booking Podcast. I want to first welcome in my very special guest, and that is Dave Hall. Dave, you are on the other side of the world. Once again, my friend, how are things going for you? Well, Merry Christmas from down here in Australia. It is lovely. It's been uh, it's been like nearly thirty degrees Celsius. I'm not sure what that is in, in American temperatures, but there's not a snowflake to be seen. There never is. It's been fantastic down here in Australia. Had a great Christmas. Good time catching up with family and friends. Have seen the new Star Wars movie and absolutely loved it. And I'm already going to go see it again. I've just got to work that out. And yeah, look, I'm excited. It's, it's it's always a great time of the year, but it's always good to get back onto the the Low Blow Booking Podcast and, and, and do some reminiscing and some rebooking. Awesome. And just for those people that don't know, it is 86 degrees Fahrenheit uh, for all of us in the United States and uh, throughout the world who follow the uh, the Fahrenheit system compared to Celsius. Um, that's a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice day for you. It's been kind of weird where I'm at in the Midwest. We're usually used to a snow-filled uh, winter, a snow-filled Christmas, and it's just not happening. Um, I think you and I could probably spend some time talking about global warming. I really don't know, and this is my take on it. I don't want to get too political or geological or whatever we want to call it, but my opinion is, in the United States maybe, everything just seems to be shifting a month or two forward. So in January, we're going to start to see more snow, and we're actually going to see snow from January, February, March, April, and May compared to when we usually see it from November, December, January, February, March. I, I don't know what explains that or how it works. It, that's just my opinion, um, but I'm not a geologist, so I'm not too sure, or a meteorologist or whatever kind of person really describes weather patterns over a long period of time. Yeah, look, I don't know. I know that we've seen on the news over here that you guys have had, or at least some parts of America have had a quite more like areas that normally do have snow are getting none. I think New York's been pretty uh, pretty warm from what I heard over, over here on the news. I'm not sure if that's accurate, but if you are listening in New York and it's not accurate, I apologise, but that's that's what happens when you live on the other side of the world. But, I mean, we get we, are, we get it. That's, um, it's, it's, it's been very... Um, we've had an increase in humidity over the last couple of years, so it not only gets warm, it gets a bit more humid, and that, that becomes more frustrating. So... It's um it's certainly it certainly can argue. I don't know about the about the shifting of time periods down here. Um, we had a couple of years ago. We had a really really cold January from from our perspective. So yeah, middle of our summer when temperatures are usually what do, what do you say eighty six Fahrenheit to a hundred, yeah, you know, sort of thirty to forty degrees here. We were getting daily temperatures, you know, 18, 90 degrees Celsius. You know, rain jackets on, long pants on in the middle of summer. It was very weird. Yeah. It, I don't know. I just kind of roll with the punches and, and, you know, there's not too much I can do uh, sitting in my chair uh, to rebook the weather, if you will. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Star Wars. Now, 
I'm not. I'm gonna go spoiler free, but I'm gonna I'm gonna send this to you in wrestling terms. Okay. So we have the the heel, and he's kind of a tweener. But when the heel turn happens, I think that that is the best part of the movie. Does that make sense to you? It does. It was. Um, it was. It was very emotional. Very. It, it was. It was a real good. Yeah. It was a real. That's a very good way of putting it. Tweener. Tweener becoming. Becoming full blown heel. I think that's a good way to put it. And it really. It really had an impact on on everyone. My my, I t- my two little boys with me, and and one of them literally sort of went ah when it happened so yeah it was um it was certainly a moment and uh i think i think this new movie is a true true heir to the star wars franchise and the star wars name it it is it is fantastic if you haven't seen it press pause go and watch it then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast (laughs) well i think that a lot of people are kind of giving it their wrong due because they say it's so much like star wars episode four uh, you know, a new hope. Okay, well, guess what? Star Wars Episode Four was freaking awesome. So why wouldn't you call on some of your similar things? Because if you think about it, if J.J. Abrams would have went through and done something completely different, Star Wars fans may not have liked that. They may not have been full on with this complete change start to finish. Um, so I am 100% for him to go ahead and and use the formula of what works. You know, I thought it was a great movie start to finish. I really enjoyed it. Um, uh, Ray, the female lead character was absolutely incredible. Um, she's, she's gorgeous on top of the fact that she's got, you know, such a fun way with her. She's just, I mean, just really, really great stuff. Absolutely, I think I think it's um, it really like it, it's it harkens back to the way the characters were introduced in the in the original movies. I mean, I, look, I, I've heard some of the arguments. Is there too much of are they doing too much of a callback to the original ones? Like, like you said, I don't care. They were that good, but I think the the way they introduce the characters just feels natural. It feels good. It 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 creates. Um, you know, intrigue. They, they are interesting, enjoyable characters. Um, there's no, there's no Jar Jar Binks, and um, I think it, it's it's something that um, it resonates with anyone who watches it. it, it they, they are characters that you can get behind. Yeah, and and what they, you just, they're good baby faces. Yeah, <laughs> what you just said, the introduction of new characters. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit when we get to our topic, because I really think that that has a lot to do with it. Um, in terms of like how how somebody's introduced into a world, um, let's talk a little bit about Christmas. Now you're you're a Christian, I take it. Yes, I am. Okay, so you celebrate Christmas, and and you know this is not a Christian podcast. This is an everybody podcast. So happy Hanukkah, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays. And for those of you that do not celebrate Christmas, I wish you the best as well. Um, it's a very interesting topic to go about how you celebrate some of those traditions in in your home and in your life. And I grew up in a uh, a Christian. Um, I, I'd say more of a Catholic family than a Christian family. Um, we we kept pretty good to those traditions and. It, for me, it was always interesting growing up because I was such a big wrestling fan. Um, and so as we're doing this podcast, I once again go back to one of my favorite things that I got to do over Christmas, and that was watch Starcade 1991 um, that happened uh, 
you know, around Christmas time uh, when I was a kid. And going back and watching some of these shows, um, I remember earlier, it was December 29th, um, for all those historians out there. I remember going back and listening and, and talk or listening to these guys talk about how some of the promoters started promoting on Christmas night because so many people went to their families early in the morning, or they did their own thing at home early in the morning, went to their families in the afternoon, and at night, there was nothing to do. And I think that's changed now over time. I think that people like myself who put on 500 miles over four days, um, you know, they, they, they're traveling all over the place. But even on Christmas night for me, I took my brother to go see Star Wars, you know. If there was pro wrestling around, I would have definitely thought about taking him to pro wrestling. But when it came down to it, it that, that's just, you know, one of those fun traditions is, is wrestling on Christmas. And, and you know, for me, going back and, and thinking about some of the wrestling figures I got for Christmas, it was it was always just a fun time for me because it was kind of like that shot in the arm that my, my uh, you know, pro wrestling league of, of pro wrestling guys that I had, they got that new influx of talent, if you will. Um, what about Christmas and wrestling for you, Dave? What, what special memories do you have of it? Um, I remember, I remember growing up, I, uh, I remember we, we hit a stage, I've got a younger brother and a younger sister and we hit a point where my parents sort of went, right, it's time that everyone starts buying each other Christmas presents, you know, so we had to buy our siblings presents and, um, my wrestling fandom was known through the family, and I, I just remember pretty well for about three or four years straight, one thing I can guarantee is I would be getting from one of my, either my brother or my sister, I'd get a new wrestling magazine. That could be a WWF magazine, it could be a PWI, whatever whatever they found at the shops as part of the as part of the build-up. So it was one that I, you know, I didn't have to buy, so they always made Christmas, you know, sort of sit down and read the new magazine and enjoy that and, 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 and pick up on that, uh, maybe get a, a figure or two in my in my little Christmas sack, and and you know enjoy and like you said, sort of join them into the you know, the little toy fed, toy wrestling federation that would be that would be in my room. Um, you know, those things. I mean, in terms of in terms of watching, it's a little bit harder down here. Um, I, I think I've mentioned this before early on in the in in the low blow days, but down here in Australia. For many, many years prior to the sort of the introduction of the internet, we would be, we literally wouldn't get programming for three months. So when we got to Christmas, we're still getting, we're sort of post SummerSlam programming and getting the build up or just around the time Survivor Series would be, would be uh, coming out, you know, in terms of our television production. So it made it very difficult to, to stay up to date with a lot of stuff, but that would be where we would be at. So it often, often sort of post-Christmas be on the build-up, waiting for the Survivor Series DVD or the VHS back then to, uh, to come out so that I could sit down in my school holidays and enjoy that enjoy that card normally sometime in the holidays it'd come out and I'd, I'd be at the shop every, the video shop every day waiting for it is it out yet is it out yet it'd come out get it sit down watch it straight away so not quite Christmas day sort of thing but certainly the holiday we have we have a six week holiday period from sort of beginning of Christmas to the end of January over here in Australia so our summer holidays so um, it all sort of blends together in that format. So that, that's that's how that's my my memories of Christmas really focus around waiting for the new video to come out, getting some magazines, getting some figures, and just 
you know, enjoying what I've got. And, and that's great. I, I, I know this year, um, I've been doing a, uh, a little, uh, wrestling fantasy booking over at, uh, pro wrestling only. Uh, it's called the 1983 project. We are now about to head into 1984. I encourage all of our listeners to go to pro wrestling only.com and, and check it out. It, it, we've got a great group of writers there right now. There's nine of us that are, that are going crazy on this thing. It's, it's awesome. Um, much like the territory wars. And this one has, has some more limitations on it, but I think those limitations create such a great, uh, level of realisticness to it. And, uh, you know, a lot of good creativity. So, um, one of the things that I did this year is I ordered some wrestling magazines from the early 1980s and got my hands on some old PWIs. Uh, so that's been fun. And, uh, and, and now the, the nice thing that I have the opportunity to do and I encourage all of our listeners to check out is over on Pro Wrestling Only, um, part of the Place, or Place to Be Nation podcast, uh, Between the Sheets, uh, Chris Zellner and uh, David Bixenspan, I believe is his last name, these guys put together just an awesome podcast, uh, and it's all about, like, stuff from the Pro Wrestling Illustrated, or Pro Wrestling Torch, and then from the app, or the Meltzer Dirt Sheets, the, uh, the Observer, um, and they go through these weeks at a time, and they talk about different years. It's just absolutely fantastic stuff i'm learning a lot about it um it's funny i just learned the other day that hulk hogan was born in augusta georgia i didn't know that um so just some great stuff check those guys out over at prowrestlingonly.com really informative fun listening stuff that we'll be able to bring into our podcast because everybody likes to use other people's things so um great job to chris z and uh, and bix over there they do an awesome job with that thing dave if you get a chance these guys are, are great people to listen to so knowledgeable about what they're talking about i um i i haven't heard the bet- i haven't actually had the chance to listen to the, any of the between the sheets yet but i keep meaning to i just end up running out of time with my uh with everything else that goes on in my world. So I'm going to have to add that to my list of things to put onto my download schedule. Oh, man. And I listen, because I usually, if I come home, I drive three hours. And they usually do a three-hour show. Um, They talk about, obviously, the big two. But depending on the year, they also go through Japan, because these guys are are big Japan guys. They talk about Lucha stuff, so they're big Lucha guys, too. It's just, it's so entertaining for me to learn about um, new pieces of wrestling that i just didn't know about yet um and and hopefully what we do here with the low blow booking podcast we can give some people some insight into some of the different things that have gone on in history and also you know some of the things we'd like to see in the future um we are 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 just you know days away from what many call the wrestlemania season if you will uh we're days away from the road to wrestlemania and so what Dave and I discussed about doing here tonight was the Great Royal Rumble Rebook. So see if you can say that uh, ten times fast. Um, the Great Royal Rumble Rebook is an opportunity for us to go in and look at every Royal Rumble that has occurred. There's been 28 of them. We're going to look at who won the Royal Rumble, and we're going to talk about is there anybody else in that field of competitors that could have won or should have won? And we're going to talk about what they maybe could have done with the, um, you know, with the win, if you will. 
Um, and, you know, on January the 24th uh, from Orlando in the Amway Center, the Royal Rumble will be coming at you again. And if we get a chance, maybe we'll look at the 2016 Rumble and see, is there somebody right now on the WWE roster that could come in and win the Rumble and give what many feel a uh, it's a pretty lackluster WrestleMania at this point. And no, there's no matches that have been signed or anything like that. But people just aren't very excited about WrestleMania right now due to all the injuries. So, um, Dave, I'm excited about the Royal Rumble. We've talked about it in the past. Let's just go through what what makes the Royal Rumble special for you. Uh, look, this is this is my favorite event by far. For me, I mean, there's there's several things. Number one, just the enjoyment of the Rumble itself, the two men coming in, who's going to come in next, all that sort of fun, the different matchups that you never get to see, um, especially in the especially in the in the in the, in the long gone days of the early ones where you, you got guys who never even got in the same ring with each other getting in there. That 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 really just it's exciting. It's fun. I just think that the, the the excitement of who's coming out next, who will be the next man out, the countdowns—they just it makes for a great, great sort of event. And I think you know, in today's day and age, for me, the rumble and the build-up to the rumble represents it's it's a new start. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how jaded I may be getting with the product. It doesn't matter how disillusioned I will get with the product. When it comes to the build-up to Royal Rumble, my, my interest picks up, my intrigue picks up, because I always think to myself, whatever they do here, this could be the start of something new. This could be the start of something exciting that is going to hook me back in. Yeah, I, I, I admit, and I know there are a lot of people who, who are like this these days, I've, I'm not a I must watch every week person anymore. It's been a while since I've made sure. I mean, I've watched a, a pay per view event. You know, it, it's it, you know live. I mean, I, I haven't watched a live one in probably since last year's Royal Rumble. Um, I you know it, it's it's the Rumble is just it's a new start. It's a new beginning. Who's going? Where's it going? What's it going to build to? You just it, it there's so much that comes into it and out of it that just makes it worth being a part of the uh, excitement around it. I agree, and and a lot of what you just said is my very same sentiment. Um, This is the chance for the WWE, WWF at all points in time, and and from where it started to what it has become now, this is a chance for them to kind of right all the wrongs and get on the right direction for WrestleMania. Um, we'll talk about where that kind of starts with the Royal Rumble throughout history, but really that's the, that's the time for them to kind of put things in order and say, all right, this is the direction that we're going. Sometimes that direction is already preset. We're going to talk about some of those, but then sometimes it's like, all right, let's see what we can do going this way, um, and kind of build it from there. So, um, let's, let's jump back and, and what we talked about earlier, the introduction of new characters, I think that's one of the also special things about the Royal Rumble. I know at Christmas time when I got new guys, I remember getting the WCW Galoob guys and then introducing them into my world of wrestling with my WWF uh, Hasbro guys. And it was fun for the first time for me to get Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. That was huge for me. And then it was Hulk Hogan and Sting versus the Horsemen. It was That was always like... 
a special thing for me. Um, so here, as we've gone through the Royal Rumble, there's going to be some instances of that, and, and we kind of put it all together. So, um, Dave, let's let's head back to 1988, January the 24th, Cobb's uh, Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, and we've got our first Royal Rumble, only 20 men, and these guys come out approximately every two minutes. I don't think that people you know, really hold that stopwatch uh, the, the right way. Sometimes it seems long, sometimes it seems short, but every two minutes we've got a new competitor. The, the interesting thing about this Royal Rumble is that the, individual, the first two individuals started out in the ring together. Now, they, according to Wikipedia, they do give Bret Hart the um, honor of being the first entrant, with Tito Santana being the second. Now, in this 1988 Royal Rumble, Jim Duggan was the winner. And we look at this cast of characters, um, you know, that the WWS put together. Uh, really a mixed match of them really taking out some of the regional stars and putting them on the national scale. Uh, coming off of their first, uh, you know, multi-pay-per-view year with 1987 and the Survivor Series where they really showcased a lot of those guys. And here we come with the Royal Rumble. The winner was Duggan. And Dave, when you look back at this Rumble, what did you think about it? And, and who do you think maybe could have been a, a different person to be successful here? Uh, it was it was certainly an interesting... It was the one Rumble that stuck to the traditional, you know, heels and faces only against each other. Heels, heels help the heels, faces help the faces. Very typical Battle royal stuff. Um, look, you look at it with the list that they had that, you know... That, there's not a lot of blokes that really stood out as, some, as as a potential winner. Duggan, I think they they used Duggan because they you know, had that suspension that the pre you know in '87 they sort of brought him in around Mania. Then he got suspended for a while. He came back just before the Survivor Series, and this was their real chance to real really kick off with him and, and really push him out. I think uh, if you're looking at other other options, there are not many. I mean. Jake the Snake uh, was oh, getting red hot as a baby face at this point, but they brought him out early, and that didn't help. But I think, oh, looking, looking at the list, and I think the one guy that I really think they misused in this rumble, looking back now, is Dino Bravo. they just done this whole world record bench press earlier in the card. What better way to reinforce it than to maybe have Dino Bravo win that? win that match out of, there's not, like I said, there's not a lot of options in this one as potential guys, but if you're trying to build this whole new gimmick, Bravo, no longer a tag wrestler, now he's on his own, he's got a new manager, um, Stinky Martin, he's got a, uh, you know, he's got a new gimmick, the strong man, this would have been the perfect opportunity to reinforce what they'd just done earlier in the night, and it would have allowed... Jesse to really sort of put it over as well. He is the strongest man. He's just tossed all these blokes out of the ring. I had who I thought should have won, and then you may have just swayed it. Um, <laughs> I I don't mind Dino Bravo. I was never a huge fan of his work. Um, I do see your point, and the only thing I can do is counterpoint it with uh, the one-man gang. Now, Gang goes on to have six eliminations during this matchup. I do think that he's a guy that had star written all over him, and he's a guy that would have perfectly fit with Hogan. Um, I think exigent circumstances around it. We already have Hogan and Andre with the contract signing, so Hogan's kind of lined up 
at this point, and then he's going to be going to film a movie. So it's not necessarily the best timing in the world, but I think that One Man Gang could have definitely made um, made something out of winning this first one. But I do think that they almost needed to have a babyface win. So um, Gang, Duggan, Bravo. Uh, <coughs> I think they did do okay with Duggan there, but I definitely think Gang or Bravo, um, you know, could have been two guys that could have definitely done some great things with it. And then, of course, you have that that one guy, the Ultimate Warrior. Um, you know, he's so young into his progression um, at this point. But I tell you what, that could have been another guy that could have jumped right out and, and been uh, been victorious and really done something with this. I just think it would have been a little bit early for the Warrior. He really hadn't established himself. He wasn't he wasn't anywhere near as over as he would become. And I think if they had, I think, I think, like I said before, I think one guy, one face who could have been worth a shot would have been putting Jake the Snake in. Yeah. Putting him in, sitting him in a little bit later and having the Snake win would have been, uh, I think it would have gone over big time. If you wanted a face to win and it's not going to be Duggan, Jake the Snake would have been my next option. Absolutely. I, I completely agree. He's just in a tough spot because he's had, he would have to be in there for so long. And I don't think Jake is the kind of guy that they put over for endurance, you know, that's that's not his mo. So um, if he would have come in in the Duggan spot, a hundred percent. So let's jump to 1989. We're going to be going down to uh, Houston, Texas, and this is without a doubt my favorite Royal Rumble because, Absolutely. like you talked about, I've seen it at least a hundred times. I, I, I'm, I think that's a safe number. I rented this movie so many times as a kid because they didn't have the 1990 version. And I remember seeing the 1990 version, um, and I'll talk about that in just a moment, but um, this is this is by far one of my favorite events. I just, I love it. And Big John Studd wins. I think that you and I have both talked about this in the past. The weak point happens when Hogan is eliminated because from there it's kind of like, well, what are we doing with this thing now? Um, but this one, shit, you've got star power. Savage, Hogan, Blanchard, Anderson, um, the Twin Towers, Andre the Giant, Ted DiBiase. You know, those are just your main event guys in it. You know, and th- that was just some great stuff. And then you have all your mid-card guys that are building up on top of it. Demolition, you know, coming out one and two. Just a great Royal Rumble overall. In my opinion, yes, it does slow down when uh, Hogan gets eliminated um, the the story of you know Ted DiBiase buying number thirty is a great one. Um, so we have John Studd win this one. I think it's safe to say that in order for this Rumble to really go down as one of the all time greats, maybe we have to push that Hogan angle back a little bit. And and I think Hogan winning the nineteen eighty nine Royal Rumble probably would have suited me just fine, um, especially to get his comeuppance on Ted DiBiase for getting number thirty. Yeah, look, I, I think that's. Uh, I think that could be a way to go. I've always liked the idea of. Um, I, I think you know, here's your counter. You got a year where maybe I think DBRC not only buying number thirty, but buying the win would have been fantastic. I, I would have loved to have seen something like because I know you had Akeem and Stud and DBRC is the last three yeah. of Akeem eliminating Big John Stud and then DBRC paying Akeem off, literally in the ring, getting the money from Virgil, giving it to Akeem, who then steps over the top rope and eliminates himself. I think that would have been absolutely fantastic. Would have been a blast. But again, if you're wanting to send the crowd home in in a real happiness, you know, maybe bringing that 
that angle, you know, the Hogan Savage thing a lot later in the in the event have the same sort of similar ending, but now yeah, Hogan's left with DiBiase come you know, maybe DiBiase comes out at thirty and, and Hogan and DiBiase set, finally settle the score. I think that would be that'd be a good finish too. But I've always liked the idea of DiBiase paying off and winning the match because if paid people to jump out for him. I think that yeah. would have been great. I think it would have been great if they would have done the the Royal Rumble like semi main, I think it would have been perfect. You know, and then had uh, you know, um Savage versus somebody in the main event. But I, I think with the way that the way that the WWF was in nineteen eighty nine, I think that they're trying to pay off a, a big way and you know I, I would love to see that angle unfold on TV. I think it would be great. Um, I just don't know if they would have the guts to jump out and do something that exciting and spectacular, you know. Yeah. But, all right, let's talk about the 1990 Rumble. Um, again, like I said, this is coming from Orlando. This is, I remember seeing the box for this show all the time at the movie stores, and I, they never had the movie in. And I was like, will you call me when it comes in? And, like, you know, just anything I could do to get my hands on it. I wanted to see it so bad. And when I did, I was thrilled. I thought this was great. I loved it start to finish. Um, Again, one of my favorite rumbles. I'd say it's probably number two um, for me because of, again, all of the great, great, great characters that are involved. DiBiase, Robert, Savage, Piper, Bret Hart is coming into his own. You got Dusty Rhodes. You got Andre, the demolition. I loved Akeem. You know, he does get kind of jobbed out by Jimmy Snuka, but, you know, it happens. And then you've got the Warrior, who at this point is getting over big time. You've got Hulk Hogan. Uh, Rick Rude was starting to come into his own. And then, of course, Mr. Perfect was, uh, you know, coming off a white hot end of 89 uh, going into 90. Um, I know Rick, uh, or Dave, when we talk about this, you know, Rick Root is kind of coming into his own. I think everybody can agree that Mr. Perfect is the guy that a lot of people feel should have won this, given the perfect number and his gimmick at the time. And the fact that he was, you know, able to get a victory over Hogan, albeit, you know, shenanigan-wise, I think that you could be safe to give Mr. Perfect that win. But there's a bigger part of me that says this could have been the real catalyst for the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was just thinking that before you said that. I um, I love this Rumble match too. I, I eighty nine. I prefer the eighty nine Rumble to this one, but I will admit, I think the in ring action they ironed out some of the some of the things that happened in the previous year just made it a little bit better, a little bit more streamlined. It, it, it seemed to have action from beginning to end this time. And, um, you know, even they had the, the Hogan-Warrior confrontation late in the, in, the, in the match. And then, you know, the couple of blokes come out not long, you know, not long after that. You're, you're right at the end. So you're not left dragging from their big moment. I I personally believe that Perfect, I will always believe Perfect should have won this. Um, I think Perfect, the, the where he was on the card, this would have been this would have been the perfect way to have someone prepared, not just to go against Hogan, but to go against Warrior after he won the match. But as you said, another alternative would be use this as the springboard for the for Warrior. Warrior eliminates Hogan. Warrior eliminates Perfect at the end of the, and Warrior is then set as 
who could stop him? Maybe you know, Hogan doesn't lose it. You know, he's lost a Rumble match, but this is that's not a regular match. Put them in the ring, let them go at it for the world title. I think it would have been a good build up to uh, to to WrestleMania. But I will always maintain that Mr. Perfect was robbed. Um, this I, I think I, I actually don't think his career ever completely recovered. I think. He, there's something about him that was lost when he didn't win this event. I think that um, he was, you know, Hogan kicked out of the perfect plex when there was no pin happening. And and really, from then on, perfect, there was sent back down the card. And he could have been a great challenger for Hogan or Warrior coming out of WrestleMania 5. It's, it's a shame they never, never really ran with it. No, I agree. I, I think that, um, like we talked about, you know, either of those guys, Warrior or Perfect, could have really utilized the win here a little bit more than Hogan did because he really didn't do too much with it. So, um, you know, if anything, it just kind of gave him that ego stroke that he needed to go on. And uh, as we jump into uh, the 91 Rumble, um, here we start to see a little bit more, maybe a precursor to what it would become. Uh, we're coming to you from Miami for the 91 Rumble. Earlier in the night, we had Sergeant Slaughter win the WWF world title um, from uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Hulk Hogan goes on to win the Rumble and then face Slaughter at the WrestleMania. Now, this wasn't official at this point, but... This is the precursor for what would go on to happen two years later. So when we look at this rumble, it's 1991, a pretty good cast of characters we've got here. Um, Hogan wins from the 24 spot. This may be the first one where there's not a clear-cut guy that could come in and take that spot from him, especially given what happened earlier. Um, So Dave, this is kind of a tough one. I think that Randy Savage would be a good pick, although he never entered the match because of the angle with the Ultimate Warrior. So there goes one of your big picks. Um, You look at a guy like The Undertaker. I don't know if he was ready for something this big yet. Um, You look at, like, The Earthquake. You know, like, there's a couple of different guys, but I don't see anybody coming out in a big way, coming out of this thing with a big victory. Um, So Hogan, kind of by default, is the big one. But if you had to pick one, who would you pick? I think think there are only two options in my mind. And it's, as you said, Savage, who didn't show, or Earthquake. I think they are the only two potential winners. Uh, Savage, I think it would have been a fantastic way to build on uh, what happened with Warrior early. In fact, if you want to send the phones fans home happy, you could have had Savage win it and then Warrior come out and attack him, chase him off or whatever, and then Warrior could stand in the ring and pose to the crowd and, and everything at the end of the night to show that he's not, you know, he's not down and out, he's still there and, and all that. Um, and outside of Savage, the Earthquake is the only other potential guy who was really at the standing of the card. I mean, you, you look through the card, while it's a fun event, you know, you've got, um, you know, sort of Martell and, and Jake, Rick Martell and Jake the Snake Roberts, you know, uh, are probably your next highest, and Mr. Perfect, who is now down the card, they are sort of the next three in terms of probably the pecking order in the, in the, um, 
in you know, mid-card, sort of mid-card to main event standings. They're probably the next three down, and you know that none of them are going to win the match. So and the it's, biggest um, question, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a small small picking here. The biggest question is how in the hell do you eliminate Hogan? You know, that, that's not an easy task at this point. So um, definitely an, an interesting rumble here. I enjoyed it overall. I like seeing Brett come out and have a nice long run. Um, but, you know, there's just, there's nobody in that spot, you know. And you wonder if life were different, a guy like Kerry Von Erich, the Texas Tornado, could this have been a chance for him, you know, like just given so many different circumstances and the way that the shape that he was in at this point in his life, you know, that would have, you know, he could have been a guy, but it obviously didn't work out the way it did. So um, maybe we talked about, Perfect, Earthquake, Savage, uh, you know, those are some of our big ones. I guess if we have to pick one, I could see Earthquake and Hogan kind of getting double-dumped by Perfect. You know, that could be the only way that I could see it really shaking out um, and being beneficial. But, again, you're going to have to move the card around a little bit and, um, you know, get the fans happy somehow. So, um, But, again, I think right there you're, you're backed up into the corner, Hogan was the right man to win that one on that night. So let's jump to the 92 Rumble uh, from the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany. Um, <laughs> I think that it's safe to say that quality-wise, this is probably one of the best Rumbles of all time, um, if not the best, uh, due to Ric Flair and the WWF title being on the line. Um, so the winner of this match is the world's champion. Dave, I, I, you look at the list of guys in this thing, um, it's easier to count the people who aren't in the Hall of Fame yet um, because you've got a ton of great talent, uh, a ton of Hall of Famers. You've got former world champions, uh, Flair. Well, at, at this time, it was uh, – who did they have already? They had Flair. They had um, uh, Undertaker, Savage, Colonel Mustafa, the Iron Sheik. Rick or uh, Hulk Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter were all former champions at the time. Um, so, you know, a star-studded group here going into WrestleMania eight. Who do you see walking out of this thing with the title if it's not Ric Flair? I guess I guess it depends on which way you want to go. I mean, you could you could have had Hogan win the match to have a Flair Hogan WrestleMania match. That, that's certainly one option. But that's giving uh, if we if we're giving Hogan three in a row, I think that would have been uh, would have been a bit of buzzkill. I think I think the Dark Horse. I think a, a person they could have considered giving the victory to is Randy Savage. I think he made his big comeback from from his. You know, from his retirement angle, um, he was he was over. Um, he was he, he's in the middle of a big feud with Jake. I think Randy coming out and you know you could have you know Flair and Hogan. You know Hogan being a, being dumped by by Flair and and Sid. You know Hogan getting upset at the way he does, and you know Flair gets ambushed from behind by Randy Savage, who sends him over the top and 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 steals a win. I think uh, I think Savage would have been a a great. A great winner for that year if you don't want to go because I don't think there's any person who, who would say Flair shouldn't have won. Yeah. So if we're looking at another option, um, I think I think Randy. If if you don't want to give it to Hogan, which I don't because that would be three in a row, I think Randy Savage would have been a great person to give it 
two as a he's back and he's the world champion. I mean, and I think it would have been more enjoyable for, to, to watch Flair beat Savage at WrestleMania yep. than have it the other way around. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I like that. I, I like there's a part of me that likes the idea of Sid Vicious winning the title. Um, but then you, you always we have hindsight, of course. But when it comes down to it, um, I thought Sid would have been a good guy for Hogan to kind of chase. Um, but yeah, you know, that's a tough one. This is a really tough one to come out to. And then there's the other part of you that says, well, shit, what about Roddy Piper? You know, that could have been a really awesome event for Piper to win both titles on one night. But then you get hamstrung into the fact that, well, the intercontinental title has got to be held up for grabs again somehow. You know what I mean? Um, so I think you've got some interesting people there. I, I, I like the idea of going with Savage or Hogan. Um, either of those are safe picks, I think. Um, but you're not going to do Hogan three in a row, so I'd, I'd default to Savage. But I think we can both agree the right man won once again here uh, with the Royal Rumble. So Ric Flair once again goes down as the, as the best. Now, here we are. The change of the era, 1993. We now have the opportunity to have the winner go on to WrestleMania. We're coming to you from Sacramento in the Arco Arena, and we've got, you know, 30 guys. And this one, you're not really seeing as much of the star power. Um, now, at the top, Ric Flair comes out number one. And then you've got Bob Backlund returning, and he has a great showing. Sets the record, hour and a minute. Um, Mr. Perfect is coming in as a red-hot baby face. Uh, Jerry Lawler's making his debut. The Undertaker is without a doubt one of the hottest baby faces in the company at this time. Um, the winner is Yokozuna. I think you and I can both agree that the right man won at the time here. Yoko was a great winner. Um, but given what we're doing, who do you think could have jumped in in this spot and, and, and taken that victory and done something with it to go on to WrestleMania? That um, it's that awkward situation where the majority of the because Bret Hart was your champion, the majority of your heels aren't ever going to be considered. I would have liked. I mean, I even I still look back at this. I would have liked to have seen Perfect win this one. Um, I think it would have been now that he was a red hot babyface to put him and. Brett in the ring for a Mania main event. I think they could have torn the house down. I think it would have been a great, it would have been a good story to tie back to Perfect saying how Brett put him out of action for 12 months and and he could still be a baby face but have the, the little heel edge to him. I think, think Perfect winning would have been good. I'm looking looking through the list of competitors. Another, another thought crossed my mind is that... Um, <laughs> It would have been interesting if they had brought Jerry Lawler in a little bit of a different way. What if they'd allowed him to uh, to steal a win here? And you know, he's a he was a former AWA champion, and well, um, they, they certainly did. around the time they started acknowledging certain things from outside the company. Um, you know, he worked in Memphis, and, and USWA was being mentioned on TV. I mean, Jerry Lawler could have been an interesting uh, an interesting potential winner. Well, think about the introduction of new talent like we've talked about. Have we had somebody come in at this point with the resume of Jerry Lawler? Hell no. This guy is a national star for all intents and purposes, and he's coming in as kind of a joke, 
And, okay, he's probably a couple years past his prime. But for the purpose of what we could have done, Jerry Lawler would have been a great pick. I also think that we could hearken back to Randy Savage. I think that him versus Brett at WrestleMania could have been really fun. Um, just a great contest. I don't think that they would have done it. You could have had The Undertaker. Um, but, again, you couldn't do the Giant Gonzalez issue then. So, um, Yoko winning is good. I like the idea of Perfect. I really like the idea of Lawler. And I think Savage is another one that could have done could have done something with it. So, um, a couple different choices there. But that kind of is the, the issue when you have a working man's champion like Bret Hart. There's a lot of people that could go in. But, you know, who are you really going to pull the trigger on? Um. Any anything else to add on to that? No, I think I think that's um, I think that's the thing. I mean, I was even looking at the list, going, imagine if they pulled the trigger on Owen one year earlier. Yeah, you know, he would have been he would have been completely out of left field. But the the whole storyline that they ended up running with Owen feeling overshadowed, they could have run that in in '93 with uh, Owen being the shock winner of the Rumble. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. And and who's to say that Owen and Yokozuna aren't on the same level at this point? You know what I mean? Owen has had more WWF matches probably at that point than Yoko had. Now, albeit he was under the blue blazer, but, you know, you think about how can you build this up a little bit differently. So let's go to 94 Rumble from Providence where Owen did do the big heel turn, one of the best ever, um, and he turned on Brett. Now we have double winners on this show, um, Brett and Lex Luger. Now, we have one guy who also didn't show up, and that was Bastion Booger. Um, he was kind of the, the false the falsy there uh, when they thought it was Bret Hart, and it was actually Bastion Booger because he was eating something in the back, I guess. Um, I think that it's safe to say there's a guy in this Rumble who completely dominated. Now, I don't know if they could have done it the same way and had him last until the end, but Diesel obviously came out here and, and made the biggest impact of anybody in the history of the Rumble at this point. Um, if we were to, and, and for this one, maybe it's a little bit different. We'll do this again in 2005. Let's wipe the slate completely clean. Who wins the 94 Rumble if there's only one man that can do it, including Brett and Lex Luger? Well, if you're, in, if you're including Brett and Lex Luger, Brett. Yep. I think, it, it, without a doubt. I think the issue you've got here is you've got Yokozuna being your champion. You've got to look at um, who can we put against Yokozuna. And I think, you know, I was, I was thinking, listen, thinking about this going, you know what would have been a good way? It would have been a good thing to solidify. It would have been Owen Hart solidified. You know, he's now at that upper end of the card. Now, this is how, it, when he moves to that end of the card, having him win would have been very... Um, you could have accepted it this year. Like, I threw it out the, you know, for the previous one as a bit of a, well, it would have been interesting 12 months earlier. But the fact of the matter is, Owen Hart was still viewed as a tag wrestler 12 months earlier. Now he's viewed as the man who's just turned on his brother. But I wouldn't have Owen against Yoko Zuna at Mania. I think either Brett or I think you were tossing around Diesel. Diesel could have been legitimate. You could have baby-faced him coming out of this event. He, he, he eliminates all these blokes, gets cheered. Shawn Michaels gets jealous, sort of tells him where to go, and Diesel 
plants him through the mat. He would beat the you know, he gets a shot at Yokozuna, and you've got a ready-made feud with Shawn Michaels waiting for post-WrestleMania. I think, I think Diesel would have certainly been a, a valid option at this point, but I think if you're going to say, we're not having two winners, and, and, and Brett and Lex are both candidates to win, then without a doubt, Bret Hart should win. I, I completely agree. If I'm going to if I'm gonna wipe the slate clean, Brett, Brett's coming out of this as the winner. If he doesn't, um, I like a guy like a Diesel. I think that that would have been a fun story. Um, especially going against, you know, a heel Lex or a heel Yokozuna. But it's almost funny when we go back and look at this, Dave, and we say, you know, people always shit on things kind of looking back. But when you're doing something like this, this really does kind of make sense, you know, the way that they did things. Um, it, it worked out really well for what the what the purpose was because you see the diesel build you see the owen hart build and you know it it works out really well now i don't think that luger and brett winning at the time really looked good but looking back to what happened at wrestlemania 10 um with luger losing and then brett winning and i think in owen beating brett all of it came together and worked at the exact right time so um, I give him I give him the props on that. I, I I really like the way that that looks as we sit in 2016 or 2015 going into 16 compared to 94. So um, let's go to 1995 Royal Rumble, the shortest Royal Rumble in history, only lasted 38 minutes. Uh, these guys are coming out every 60 seconds. Um, we've got 30 guys in. This is a weird Rumble. You know, obviously they push the pace on it a little bit. Um, this is also. Uh, you know, one where we look at, you know, you've got Diesel coming in as the champion. We've, the winner's going on to face him. Whew. What are we thinking here? Shawn Michaels is the winner. He starts it off. Could you could you go with the, the way that it was kind of not falsely done and, and have the Bulldog come out a winner? Or do you do Lex Luger and turn him heel and have him go up against Diesel at, at Mania. Oh, I think I think they are your, your, your two legitimate options. Um, it would have been interesting to have Luger do it. You had, if I remember right, it was it was the preceding was it preceding this that they did the whole thing with Ted DiBiase and Tatanka and and that was all the the, the previous SummerSlam, wasn't it? And yeah, it was. Yeah. And um, when Tatanka turned heel, it could have been very interesting to see Luger win this and end up siding with DiBiase anyway. Yeah. And, um, and, 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 and selling out, as everyone thought he was going to do before. I think it would have... His, at this point of his WWF tenure, he probably needed to go heel. I think he'd done all he could as a babyface. He probably needed to switch back. Um... The British Bulldog. It would have been. It would have been. A, I, I, this is probably. If any time he ever was in a position to make it work, it would have been this year. Um, you, you look back on this. I mean, Sean was there. There really wasn't anyone other than Sean who was ever really built that was going to win. But the way they did it with the Bulldog, you legitimately. I, I, I could have accepted a Bulldog win, and I think it would have been very interesting seeing Bulldog uh, being slated to face. Diesel as for the championship, I think you probably would have got something where Michaels would have cheated him out of the title shot in your house, and and we wouldn't end up having Bulldog get there. But I think that I think Davy Boy could have made a legitimate winner of this event 
in this particular year, I think I think it would have worked. You know, and I think it would have been acceptable. Uh, I think I, I'm going to have to default to Luger. I really think that if Luger would have won, got that big push, got that big you know chance, I think that they would have kept him. You know, I think that Luger would have would have stayed instead of what he did do and jump um, to WCW. I think that they would have shown that they're reinvested in him, and that would be an interesting thing to talk about at some point, Dave. What if Lex Luger doesn't jump? You know, how do you book a heel Lex Luger? You know, from this point forward, um, I think uh, you know we talked about this before the broadcast, but. If I get to add somebody to this match, I'm adding Razor Ramon, and I'm having Razor Ramon win the Rumble and go on to fight Diesel and having Razor turn heel. I thought that would have been a great story to tell. Um, Razor and Diesel always work so well together. Razor Ramon's one of the few guys, the few big stars that really never – he was never in a Royal Rumble match. So um, always pretty interesting to see what his his little, uh, you know, run would have looked like if he would have done that. through the list. The only other potential option I want to throw out, and I don't, I don't really see him as winning it, but just based on what happened in the build-up to the Rumble, you've got Bob Backlund coming in at 25, and yeah. what if you had a position where he's the man who lost, the, you know, beat Bret Hart, lost the title to Diesel, you know, imagine if this was his opportunity for his rematch. You know, I could have possibly bought it. I don't, I'm not sure how, how much, but if you're looking for another alternative, um, as someone who's a heel and you don't have to turn, um, Bob Backlund could have maybe fit the bill just as that he'd had just come off that championship victory. Yeah, I, I agree. Bob Backlund's a, a, a unlikely good contender there. Um like we said, Shawn Michaels did win it. I think we've got a we've got some pretty good options there in '95. Um, I, I would like to see, you know, this is one where I definitely would like to see how how things turned a little bit. I just don't know if Shawn was ready for what they were going to give him, but in the in hindsight, it, it ended up doing pretty good, you know, for him to come back in '96 um, from Fresno and come out and and win it again. Um, at this one, you're almost hamstrung into the idea of Michaels having to win because they've been telling this story um, for the past year, really. Um, first, he got attacked by Sid. Then he won the ladder match. Then he got beat up by the Marines. And then he got knocked out by Owen. And now he's back. And you know, against all odds, he's in there and he wins the Rumble. He's going to go on and face Bret Hart and have, um, you know, the 60-minute Iron Man match. You know, that's... Something we can talk about on a different day, um, but you've got Shawn Michaels winning this one, and I think it's safe to say that the man who should have won this match is Barry Horowitz. Um, Hor- now listen to me, Horowitz is coming off this big run of being the underdog, patting himself on the back. I would have loved to see Barry Horowitz win. <laughs> It's funny. I was listening to this. I was watching this the other day, and Perfect just kept, you know, ripping into Horowitz. I mean, he was ripping him into him something awful. And he said, "If Horowitz wins, I'm going to come out of retirement." <laughs> just all this great stuff. I mean, he was just doing a great job there. Um, 
Well, don't, don't forget you had you had former world champion Dory Funk Jr. come out earlier oh, in the event. You could have had him pull it out. Well, we forgot to say Dickie Murdoch in 95. I mean, shit, we, we've got some <laughs> other ones. You know, in this one, you've got some great stars like Aldo Montoya and uh, Isaac Yankum, you know, Duke Drossy. Um, honestly, if I'm going to pick a winner for this one, though, 100%, I'm going to pick uh, Vader, without a doubt. I think you bring this guy in, again, your introduction to this new piece of talent, Vader comes in and he destroys everyone, and, and he gets the win. That That's who I would pick, and Vader going up against Bret Hart at WrestleMania is a match that I would I would see and I would like to see. I would be invested in to see if Bret could beat him, and I would give Vader the push to the moon, and let me tell you something, Shawn Michaels may end up beating him, but when it comes down to it, at that point that they wrestle, it, Vader would seem to be an unstoppable force. I think that would be. I think that would be. It would have been a fantastic story. It's a shame that yeah, you know, we're still at the time where WWF wouldn't acknowledge a wrestler's past because the ability to talk about how Vader had been dominating the world for the previous couple of years and if he'd come in and just destroyed everyone, I think that that would have been a great story. Yeah, he could then destroy um, the hitman, and you could have had Shawn Michaels come out to sort of help the hitman after he's been destroyed, and Vader starts pushing him around or whatever to set up, you know, a build up to SummerSlam maybe, and 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 Michaels wins the title there rather than getting his mania moment. The only other option I'll throw out there, as opposed to Vader, is Diesel. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, I think. Diesel, legitimately, he was in the middle of turning heel anyway. I think you could have legitimately put Diesel over here and come back to the whole, you know, you've only really beaten me, you know, you know I've had you down twice, you beat me once for the title, but I want that, you know. Basically, the story they tell you, they could have had their cage match at WrestleMania. What, you what know, is, that, that's, that's another option to throw out there, but I think the Vader idea is probably a better one. Yeah, I think Vader is the best idea, but what if you were to see something like, Diesel versus Brett, Diesel wins, and then, you know, you go to SummerSlam with Diesel versus Sean. But at this time, if I'm not mistaken, they were actually running triangle matches. And they were doing Brett versus Diesel versus Undertaker. Could you see Brett versus Diesel versus Shawn Michaels? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it, the thing with triangle matches is you really need to have three. The, the guys need to really be able to complement each other. And I think while, while Brett and Michaels can complement each other and Brett and Diesel can complement each other and Sean and Diesel can complement each other, I'm not sure the three of them together would have complemented each other. Um, I, I think it would have been hard for them to really find a pace because... Um, Brett and Sean would want to pick up the pace, but Diesel would want to slow it down. I'm, I'm not sure it would have worked, but uh, it would have made for an interesting. That, that, that were the three stars. It would have made for an interesting, uh, interesting setup. Well, I mean, when it comes down to it, if you had to do it with three, you know, those would be three that I would at least uh, put out there to try it. Um, uh, I'm trying to see on Graham Cuff on Cuff on site if there is a. Uh, triangle match here but i'm i'm having a hard time so i'm going to look a little bit more as we as we continue our discussion and see if i can find out um 
if if some of these matches happened or if I was just hearing something wrong. So I do, I do know that in the build-up to Mania between Royal Rumble and Mania, there were a lot of tag matches. Um, Sean and Diesel versus Brett and Undertaker. I know yeah. they did that as a lot of tag matches in the build-up. I thought after Mania, I thought Brett just took after Mania, he was he was done. He he he, oh, he was out. Was, and didn't come back. This was uh, up to Mania, so this was uh, early early '96. I'm having a hard time. Oh no, that's okay. Okay, here we go. So this is what one of them comes from at a Superstars taping. Uh, on February 20th, 96, Bret Hart pinned The Undertaker after Diesel interfered and hit the challenger with a chair. The bout was to have been a triple threat match, but Diesel was too injured to compete. So I'm guessing that it had to have happened at some point. I'm just not finding it. Yep, I'm... Okay, well, here it is again on, on March the 1st. Bret Hart defeated The Undertaker via countout when Goldust interfered. Um, Diesel was scheduled to be part of the match in a three-way, but unable to wrestle due to injury. So it looks as though they were scheduled to have them happen, but they never did. Oh, look at this. Here's a fun match. On, uh, and I would love to go through this sometime. We could just talk about some of these fun ones. But um, Bret Hart pinned Shawn Michaels in a lumberjack match on uh, March 3rd. Um, pretty interesting little uh, you know take on things there. And in, then he pinned him again on March 5th when Michaels was subbing for The Undertaker. So, um, And then you go to March 6th and Shawn Michaels defeated Steve Austin. So... Uh, some pretty fun matchups there in early 96, but I think you and I both agree Vader's the guy, you know, you give Vader the biggest push in the world going to WrestleMania, you know, he, he destroys everybody every week on Raw, Vader's killing somebody else. Um, I believe he did have an injury going in to this, but, um, you know, still a chance for you to, to really put that over and put him as, as the man, if you will, um, to, to take Bret Hart's title and go on to the future, so. Vader's a, a good choice there. Um, let's go to the Ash, or, uh, the uh, Alamo Dome in San Antonio, 1997. Um, interesting concept here. Bret Hart won the Rumble until Steve Austin, who was came back in. He was eliminated. He came back and eliminated Bret Hart. Um, this would be the first of Steve Austin's three um, Royal Rumble wins. Um, at this point, Steve Austin is very early in his uh, superstar rise to what many perceive to be the greatest pro wrestler of all time in terms of entertainment and drawing and selling uh, things. So um, I think we, I, I like Steve Austin winning here. I do think Bret Hart is, is the logical choice if he doesn't win. Um, and I think the undertaker could also be a guy that you could make claim for undertaker would go on to get the Russell WrestleMania match against Sid in 97. So I don't have a problem with him going over here. I think Brett or, or undertaker, you know, are my choices here. Yeah, I, I, I agree. If we, you know, they, they, they really, 
again, you're you're in a, you're in a rumble where there's a lot of um, a lot of lower end card talent that's not never going to stand a chance now that there are title shots on the line. But um, I think uh, Brett winning would have been the way to go, or the Undertaker. I, I think I agree with your with your reasoning. I don't think there's any any other options. Yeah, and and looking at. <laughs> I mean, you got Latin Lover and Cybernetico and, you know, some of these good guys. And, of course, you've got the man of a thousand masks, Milmasters, who eliminated himself. Um, but, you know, I think I think overall when you're looking at this and, – and here's another guy. Let me throw this one out there. It's an interesting take. It would be an interesting to see who would be his, his champion as he's the challenger. But how about Farouk? Could you see Farouk going into this and winning and going on, you know, or or is it too early in the Farouk run to do that? I, yeah, look, it's, um, well, this is this is just after he's really, he's, we've got the, the formation of the nation and he's, he's, he's going out. This is probably, yeah, when poor, he was. This is the poor man's nation. Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's, um. I mean, what is it? This is probably when he was at his... Because was this just... Was this just before or just after he got hurt by Ahmed? Uh, I believe he got... I don't think he was ever the same after that. Every time Ahmed touched him, he got hurt. Um, <laughs> but he would go on to... Uh, he would go on to cut some pretty scathing remarks against McMahon on Raw and then get a shot at the title in a couple months. So... It's not crazy to think that he's out of place with it. Maybe if he's got some of the different pieces around him, it would be interesting to see him win. But um, I'm okay with, you know, Austin winning was great. I think Brett and Undertaker are two of the of the best choices that you have outside of that, though. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, the other the other dark horse I was thinking of is maybe Mankind. It's probably still a little bit early for him, um, although he was you know, in the middle slash tail end of his run with with The Undertaker and everything he'd been doing with The Undertaker. So I don't think it would have been beyond I don't think it would have been beyond comprehension for him to be in that position. It would have been easy to accept, but I don't think he was ready for it. Let me tell you something. When we look back at this, um, it was interesting. Let's jump back to 96. There's a guy that maybe should have been in that that could have done it, and that would have been Ahmed Johnson. I don't know if well, he, he was in early. He came in at, he was in at number two. No, I'm talking about 96. Oh, the year before, yeah. I, yes. I don't think there was a hotter character in the WWF at that point. Um, he's a guy that, man, they, they kind of missed the boat with that, but I think he missed the boat when it came to getting talent. He may have jumped off ship. Um, but no, that's a guy where you're looking at talent wise. That was the right spot. So let's jump to 98. We're going to San Jose again. Um, this rumble was probably up to this point. Do you think that this was the most predictable? Oh, well maybe 96 was Sean, but do you, I mean, what do you think? Uh, I think? I think 98 was Oh, there was there was only one winner. I mean, we you talk about Sean and yeah, you know, yeah, he pretty much was the only guy. But like we said, there were a couple of guys that were positioned that could possibly at least at standing be in there. But um, when it came to '98, I mean, it was it was all built around Austin. It was built around you know where Austin was. Um, there was there was no. There were no alternatives. I don't think at this point he was he was going over there. There's yeah the guys that I think back to who could possibly the only the only person I think who could possibly 
be in a position, you know, the, uh, I think it's too early for The Rock. The only other person it could be would be sort of Mankind Cat. One of the one of the faces of Foley, I think, would be the only other person who really, um, or, or Owen Hart. Yeah. Um, I think they're the only two who were in this match who could legitimately win. I think, outside of Stone Cold. I think Owen is the only other one, in my opinion, that could have done it. Um, the Rock is too early, and he doesn't have the better... He doesn't have the right champion to go up against, although The Rock versus Shawn Michaels would have been awesome. Um, but I do think that Austin is the, the best guy to win. Um, but if not, then I would say definitely Owen Hart to go in and face... Um, well... If, if truth be told, if it was Owen that won, and they got Owen to face Brett or uh, Shawn Michaels, and then they had Austin to face Mike Tyson, that would have been a very interesting uh, WrestleMania, to say the least. It would have. It would have been. It would. I, I think. I think it would have been. Um, yeah. I, I think. I mean, it was already up there with 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 records in in, in some cases, but I think they probably would have a, f- a few more buyers than they did have. So let's jump to 99. Um, we're going to Anaheim. For as good as Royal Rumbles have been, this one isn't very good. Um, Vince McMahon wins this Royal Rumble. Uh, comes in at number two. Leads Austin up to the the um, you know the the men's room, and Austin gets attacked. It may have been the women's room. I'm not quite sure. One of the two. He leads him to the bathroom. Austin gets attacked by the corporation. McMahon goes out, does commentary for most of the rest of the match. Austin comes back in the ambulance, comes out, whoops ass, goes to eliminate McMahon. The Rock is out there. McMahon comes, dumps Austin, gets the win. Um, Austin wins the spot back at St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, what are we doing here? Uh not a lot well, of choices. <laughs> not a lot. Look, I think I think I don't think there's any doubt anyone would say Stone Cold should have won this. Okay, so I, yeah. I want to do something. I want to take McMahon and Austin out of the, out of the mix for a moment because if you're not having McMahon, when you're gonna, the easy answer is let's give it to Stone Cold. I want to throw out there. I want to go out there and and I want to throw out the option of letting Triple H win this one. Um, if you take Austin out of the mix, Triple H had just come back. He just started feuding with The Rock. On, on television, uh, the return to of DX, and I think I think if anyone else was a legitimate chance, I think Triple H could have been someone you could have given it to at this point. Um, he was he was being put back up into that position. I think a match between him and The Rock for the title would have been an outstanding match, and you could have had Austin and McMahon meet at, at WrestleMania to, to to have their few blow off rather than St. Valentine's Day Massacre. And the only thing that I could possibly come back with, there's two options I have. One, it would cause a lot of issue, and that would be Ken Shamrock. I wouldn't mind seeing Ken Shamrock win and then go on to, because he had won the, the King of the Ring that year in 98, coming in to win the Rumble, and maybe going on to win the title. That would have been a pretty damn good thing for Ken Shamrock. I do think, obviously, Austin is where the money's at, though. But the other one... The problem you have with Shamrock is that he was stable mates with with The Rock at this point. um, But that's the catalyst for his his turn, though. Mm. You know, Shamrock... He only just turned heel. Well, that's... 
Well, that's where you kind of, you know, you can still play that fine line because at the end of the day, what is Ken Shamrock? He's a fighter. You know, he wants to be the absolute best. So how do you tell that story? Well, give him a chance to be a fighter. You know what I'm saying? I guess that's the only way I look at it um, is, is to have Shamrock. You know, that's that's his story. Like I said, that wouldn't be a really tough sell. The other one would be Kane. I wouldn't mind seeing Kane at this point because he's he's in that tweener role. Um, but I think Kane would have been a good one to go on and win. Um, I do think, like we talked about, though, Austin is the man that should have won this. Uh, three years in a row would have been a tough sell, but... You know, in our universe, we're kind of doing things a little bit differently, but I definitely think Triple H is the next best option. So I have to agree with you there. Let's go to Madison Square Garden, Royal Rumble 2000, won by The Rock. I think this is another one where The Rock kind of had to win. Um, It was definitely, you know, a chance for him to really, um, you know, cement himself on top of the card especially with Austin out. Um, There's two options I see here. Uh, The first one would be the Big Show. Um, I think without a doubt, this is where you cement that legacy of how do you get the biggest guy in the ring out? And the Big Show is a guy where he could come in and do that and he would win and he'd look great. I think that he would have been a perfect winner here. The only other guy I could see would be... um, Chris Jericho, but they really shit on Jericho from his debut. I don't know if he would have had the steam to come in and win and then go on and face a guy like Triple H. Yeah, I think they, I think they, they sort of put, put the skids to his, his build and he would have needed a little bit more of a, a reboot before you can uh, give him a winner that it would be acceptable. I think, you know, I agree, Big Show. The other one I'll throw out there, you threw him out there from the previous year, would be Kane. Yeah, I think I think Kane would be he'd be I think this year even more than the previous year would be. Um, he really was at the upper end of the card. Now um, I think he would have been accepted as a, as a potential winner. Um, but yeah, either him or the Big Show are really your only options. I think Kane, after all the stuff he'd gone through with DX to have a match with Triple H, would would have certainly tied that storyline together. Um, Big Show, you know, face to heel, face to heel so often. Who knows where you, what you're going to do with him. And he just lost the title back to H. You know, Triple H, you could, you, know, you could probably tell that story a little bit. But, you know, they, um, yeah, I mean, this is one of the, again, one of those years where, I mean, The Rock talked about in that, that famous promo beforehand where he's worried about, what was it? It was Crash Holly and, um, and Headbanger Mosh, wasn't it? They're the, yeah. they're the two that he was worried about. So, you know, that's, uh, I think that's um, a, a pretty, you know, it, it really, there weren't many options. Yeah. Well, let's say for the lack of options there were in 2000, there is a multitude of options in 2001 from New Orleans. This is probably one of the most star-studded when it comes to upper echelon talent um, with some of these guys. I think next year even raises the bar a little bit more. This is Steve Austin's third win in 2001. Um, he comes out bloodied, but, you know, wins the match. Now, this is an interesting one because you have Austin who wins the Rumble, and then you have The Rock, who is the champion at WrestleMania, in the Rumble as well. So kind of some interesting things. I don't know why they didn't have faith in Kurt Angle 
um, to sell out the Astrodome. You know, I, I think it worked out, obviously, Austin versus Rock. It was great. But um, really kind of interesting that, that, that those events kind of transpired. Um, could you have the Rock win this match, cash in early and win the title? At No Way Out, and then have Austin versus Triple H be a number one contender. Um, would that be an option that you'd see? Uh, you have Kane, who has the 11 eliminations here. He's just uh, on fire, pun intended. Um, you know, could you have him winning something like this? Um, I, I think The Rock is the, the only real logical choice, and with the events that we just talked about, how it could have played out with a little bit more sense. Rock goes on to No Way Out and beats angle for the title cashes in his chance early austin versus triple h this time triple h has to actually lose to austin for austin to get the number one spot so he can go on to face the rocket mania yeah look i mean that that makes sense i mean you could even i mean yeah there are many variations in the end if you have rock when you're just doing the same thing that you did that happened you know you're gonna have rock and austin end up meeting each other at WrestleMania either way. So, I mean, that's the only other... You know, The Rock is the most obvious. I, I, Dan, I, it, it's, it's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out there again. Second year in a row, Kane... Yeah. If he won that, it would have been acceptable. I, I think, and especially after his performance, I think he would have... It would have been accepted by the fans if, um, if, he, if he had won that match or... Yeah, throw out the Undertaker. Yeah, I don't no, think he was I in such bad shape the, at this time. No, maybe not. But he had just come back. He had his new gimmick. Uh, he was over. Um, yeah, the Undertaker's the Undertaker. It doesn't matter what ring shape he's in. Everyone loves him now, and and he's fallen into that into that position of. Yeah, you know, he, he's in that iconic status now, and so as as a person in that position, I think Taker would have been acceptable. You know, uh, it, it, it's really sad we're popping out the same names um, year after year as your potential winners, and uh, unfortunately, I guess that's a, that's the nature of of that time period. Yeah, and I think that now when we get into the, this year, let's jump to two thousand and two. This is an interesting one. We're coming to you from Atlanta. Um, Triple H makes his big return, jack to the gills, juice to the gills, if you will. Um, you've got some really good stars here. Um, I think there's a couple of different guys in this Rumble that could have won. Um, there's a couple names I want to throw out. Obviously, you have Stone Cold who could have won, but I I don't think that the money was there with him at this one. Um, you have Kurt Angle who could have won. I think this would have been a, a great opportunity for him. Uh, to come in and, and win the Rumble and, and go on. Um, Big Show came back from the Fat Farm, but he was not in good shape. Kane came back, uh, you know, comes in. He's late. Um, I think Rob Van Dam is another guy where they could – and I, I've listened to podcasts talk about Rob Van Dam and his misuse. This could have been the chance for him. Um, I would have loved to see Mr. Perfect – you know, do a little bit more in his comeback too. But um, you got a couple of different guys in here. Who do you see in this 2002 match that could have, you know, really stepped up their game a little bit by a win? I, I think I would have. I think I would have liked to have seen Kurt Angle win this one. You threw him out there. I think he was. 
he was a guy that, I mean, he doesn't have a rumble win to his credit. And 2002 was probably when he was at the absolute peak of his of his abilities. We know later in the year he'd, he'd have his a title win against Austin and as a, as a baby face. And I, I think Kurt Angle could have been... Um, a real good winner of this, and you know, going on like we know he could go on. He could have he could have had a blinder of match with Chris Jericho at at um at WrestleMania. You could imagine you could actually have turned Kurt Angle as a result of winning the Rumble. He could have become accepted by the fans. Um, you know, he was certainly starting to get cheered uh, in general because people were now seeing Kurt Angle as how good he really was. And that's the thing about guys, no matter how yeah what character they put on when they're good and damn good at what they do, yeah. um, they they are going to get the respect and the, and the admiration of fans. I think Angle would have been a, a very valid winner. I, I think, yeah, you, you said Rob Van Dam, look, I, I think I, I, I'm unfortunately, you know, I... Over here in Australia, I, I mean, you read about it, you, you, you see it. I, I was never in an arena where Rob Van Dam was was competing, so I've never seen him live. Um, I, I think I think they had knocked a lot of the luster off him by now uh, of, from the tail end of the invasion. I think they'd managed to, to cut the legs out from under him already, and he needed to be rebuilt. Um, another one I'll, I'll just throw out there as an option would have been Booker T. Um, I still think he had he had some standing that would have made him a, a viable alternative, but uh, for me it'd be Kurt Angle. Yeah, I agree. And I'm actually going to come. I'm going to jump right ahead to to Boston in 2003. Um, this one is won by Brock Lesnar, who again the perfect guy won in real life. Um, I don't think there's a, a a chance for somebody else to win and have it mean as much as it did for Brock. Um, you know, he came out and he won the chance earlier in the night against Big Show. Um, I wouldn't actually, this is one where I would put Booker T at the top of my list, where I could see Booker T winning this Rumble somehow. Um, the only other guy I think would have been Chris Jericho from the number two spot. And it would have been, Chris. the, the thing is, is Chris Jericho's uh, celebration would have been ruined by Shawn Michaels, but and they would go on to have such a great match. Um, and when you look at, at WrestleMania 19, Booker T winning and then Booker T winning the title would have been a really, really fun, good, great story to to create him uh, as a great competitor there. Um, that would have been perfect, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Booker T is the only other option in, in this year. And, um, you know, it, it would have, I mean, you could have gone on you could have got Lesnar a, a title shot against Kurt another way easily. I mean, we're now, we're now in the brand brand extension years. We got a winner. Of, a winner from Raw would have allowed a SmackDown winner to be created another way. Brock could have won a tournament. He could have. Who knows what he could have done? But they would have got him in a title match. Yeah, I, I agree. It, in my opinion, that's the that's an easy win for either man to to get what they got. Um, Two thousand three Rumble. Good good win by Brock. But I think there's some other things that could have done there. Uh, let's go to Philly in 2004. Uh, the guy who shall not be named, Chris Benoit, uh, comes in, breaks the record, wins, um, goes on. <sighs> this is an interesting one. You know, he's going to go on to face uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H. You've got Randy Orton, who is too young to get the push. Um 
This is a tough one for me. You've got Goldberg, who is on his way out the door. John Cena, who isn't there yet. Jericho, who's almost in the mid-card at this point. This is the only other one where I would have pushed Kurt Angle. This is where I really would make a claim for Angle winning the match. Yeah, um, I mean, Angle... Yeah, I think I agree with you with your sentiments about Randy Orton. I think he, he was probably not quite ready. Um, he was certainly on the big push. Um, Booker T was severely damaged now, and, and, and you couldn't give it to him. Um, you know, look, I think Chris Jericho would have been, I think, you know, yes, he'd been put in the mid-car, but this could have been used as the as the push back up. I, I, I could see a Jericho... Win could be, uh, I think, a legitimate shot. The arm he would be accepted. Um, the fans could get him behind him. I think Goldberg's too obvious, and I, I, I just don't think. Yeah, I, yeah, you could sit here and go, "Well, I'll give it to Goldberg." I, yeah, I don't. I don't think it would have been right to have Goldberg win it. I don't think it would have worked. I think, yeah, Angle. Yes, I think Jericho would have been an option as well. Maybe look, yeah, we, we threw him out. We threw him out. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you could have started to push, you know, someone like Rob Van Dam here. You know, is, is, could this be, you know, has he been rehabilitated enough? Could Rob Van, Van Dam have been accepted now? I, I agree, a hundred percent. You know, is he the is he the guy that could have um, done that? You know, I there. This is an interesting year. This is like I said. This is where I would make the the big claim for. Um, for Angle, I, I think without a doubt he's the guy that I would have uh, go on and, and, and face Eddie um, at the at WrestleMania. Um, I just think there's a lot of upside to to him being there in in winning the match at this point. And he was a face at this time too. Mm-hmm. He was being cheered. He was a man of the people. I think it would have been easily acceptable. Yep, I, I agree. Um, let's go to 2005, and again, we talked about it. Um, we're from Fresno. We're, we had double winners. Um, Batista, oh, actually, nope, let me let me rephrase that. We had double winners, Batista and, and uh, Cena. Um, torn quads by McMahon caused it to be restarted. Batista won. So is it easy to say that Cena is the other guy? You know, Cena is the number one guy that should have won this one outside of him. Too easy. I, I, I think. Yeah, I think that's a foregone conclusion. So I'm going to throw it there. Let's say you can't choose either Batista or Cena uh, because that's just too easy. Yeah, I, I, you know, who, who, who could have been an option besides those two at this point? You know, what about? Yeah, you know, what about? You know, someone like. Um, yeah, again, you come back to a Jericho. Well, yeah, HBK, Shawn Michaels is back. This could have been a, an opportunity to 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 do something with with Shawn in a different way. Um, Jericho, you know, Jericho would be a good one too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, yeah, again, we're starting to come back to the to the things. I don't think there's any doubt. Um, Seen as the only other guy you could give the win to with the direction the company was going. Yeah. This is where they're getting ready to boost. You know, we're looking at a new person in that position. It's going to be Batista on one side, Cena on the other. Um, I guess. How about, how about this one? How about Edge? Edge? I'm not sure he would have been 
ready for it. I was going to suggest, what about Eddie? Yeah, Eddie. Eddie could have done, you know, could have done some work here. Um, obviously, this is, you know, towards the tail end of his career. Um, but Eddie going on to face uh, JBL, uh, the big rematch at, at Mania, that could have been something special. I, th- I think, I th- I actually, I think, the more I think about it, I think he's probably the only other person I could see really who you could give it to. I think it would be, it would fit storyline-wise and you could hold Cena off for, for a couple more months. Um, you know, Eddie could, Eddie could do some great fun, you know, he starts at number one, he could do some great fun, Jetty. he could roll out of the ring for a while, pretend to be hurt on the floor, and then pull someone over from the outside and jump back in sort of thing, you know, all stuff that would have got the crowd going, but you know, he's a good guy, so, you know, it's going to it's gonna make it look good, and, you know, and, and yet have the ability to go the distance, and, you know, I think it would have been, a, I think it would have been good, it could have been a real fun one to have Eddie go coast to coast. Yeah, and then, uh, so you go from... 2005, we go to 2006. Um, this is an interesting rumble. WWE is cashing in on the death of Eddie Guerrero in such. I, 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 I'm going to say it here and now. I, I, no disrespect. I know there are a lot of people who who, who who like him as a wrestler. I'm not saying he's a bad wrestler. I hate that Rey Mysterio won this match. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. I don't. I don't agree with why they were cashing in. Um, I'm not a big fan of of Mysterio as winning this Rumble at in, in any way. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and look, I'm going to throw it out there. I would have liked to see Randy Orton win. Yep. I, I, I was going to say, know, I, I know he one. went out second last. Look, I mean, is it, is it the gimme He was the second last man in there. No, he I was think number 30. was on the card. This, this is the guy. He was the guy they should have run with. He he was number 30. Orton was number 30. So, yeah, you give the, that first number 30 spot win to, to Randy Orton. Um, you know, and if you're not going to give it, you know, I, if you're not going to give it to Orton, I mean, you've got Triple H in there. He nearly went the distance as well, and that's that's just a Triple H wanting to, I guess, get some stuff up there for himself. But uh, I really think this they should have they should have given this one to Orton. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, not I, I was not big on on what happened and how it all went down. So um, yeah, I, I would have given it to Orton or Triple H. Let's go to 2007 from San Antonio. This is one of the best Rumble finishes of all time, I think, with Michaels and Undertaker going, I think, roughly like 10 minutes at the end. And this is our first tri-brand Royal Rumble. Um, so you got some ECW guys in there. Um, we had the Undertaker win. He eliminated uh, Michaels at the end. Um, I think it's safe to say Michaels is a safe pick at that other spot. Um, you've got a couple other guys who I think you could have done something with. I think Randy Orton is a guy right here who could have done something. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing RVD. You know, he's another guy that, you know, are you get, if you're going to give him one more chance, maybe this is it. Because I believe Van Dam leaves during this year, doesn't he? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So he's another Lex Luger type where what can we do to keep him in? Um, CM Punk's way too young at this point in, in the WWE to win it. But, um, yeah, I, w- I would say, you know, Michaels is your safe pick here. I, I think he would be a safe pick. Um, it's probably, you know, um, 
again, the, the easy option. I'm not sure that there's there's a there's a lot to do. The 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 the, the pick that um you know I I think that you, yeah you really you know it, it's it's looking at the looking at the card. You're looking at who else is in the match. There's there's not a lot of now that you've got three brands, you've got you know, so many guys out in the in the title matches. You know, you've got Cena and Amaga aren't available. Batista's not available. Lashley's not available. And and you really it really rips the heart out of a lot of your um your things. Maybe maybe here we throw out the one the name you threw out before, Edge. Yeah. This could have been a potential position to really push Edge to the top. Um, and really put him over now. Where he came in at number five, he lasts 44 minutes. That's a great run for him to go on and then face uh, John Cena. You know? And now this is coming off of the the Money in the Bank victory that he had and the, the New Year's Revolution thing. So maybe earning that shot would have been a really good story for Edge to go into Mania to face uh, Cena. Yeah, I think it would have legitimized him even more. I think I think Edge is, is your other alternative. All right, let's go to MSG 2008. The biggest, I'd say this is one of the biggest markout moments for me is when Cena came out. I didn't get to watch this live. I heard about it. I still watched it, and I still got goosebumps when I did. Um, just a great win by Cena. Comes in at number 30, and I could watch it right now, and I'd still get goosebumps. I'd still get pumped for it. Um, just a really, really good win there. A great surprise all around, 100%. Right guy won in that time. Uh, if we look at some other guys who could have won, um, you know, could you have gone? Could you have pulled a CM Punk that earlier? Because ECW meant so little, um, you know, that, that may not have worked. The only other guy I think maybe would be Mr. Kennedy. Could you pull the trigger on him that quickly um, with the push that he could have gotten, you know, coming out of this? Um, he would be my other guy that I would pick uh, to, to go out there and win this. Um, I'm over Triple H. And, and maybe another guy is Umaga. I, I really thought that they had a lot with Umaga and what he could have done. And then, of course, you also have Batista in there as well. So That's, who, that's who I was thinking. I was thinking Batista might be your, your, your next option. Uh, Umaga could be... The problem with Umaga is he 12 months after he was really at his absolute peak. Um, his absolute peak was 12 months before this when he was feuding with Cena for the title. And that was a great um, match. That was such a great match at the Royal Rumble. The last man standing, the, blood, the bloody... The bloody brawl that was great. So I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Margaret would have been in it. Mr. Kennedy could have been the. I, I think he could have been the sleeper. I think he was. He'd still been built now. This after he'd lost the money in the blank. The bank. He, he had his money in the bank win and lost it to Edge. This, is this after that? Oh, uh, I get lost with the amount of times that he won the title and then lost the chance. I believe so. But look, I think I always, I always had a thing. I always thought Mr. Kennedy could have been used, but I think politics held him down and injuries at the wrong times didn't help. And drugs Kennedy, never helped either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Mr. Kennedy could have been an option if you want someone new and someone different. I would have looked at Kennedy. Otherwise, I probably would have looked at putting Batista through. All right, let's go to 2009 from Detroit. 
Randy Orton wins from the number eight spot. So a guy, you know, coming in early, he had a legacy with him. Oh, an interesting rumble to say the least. Um, some decent people in here. RVD returns. CM Punk is still young. Undertaker has a good showing. Triple H is in there. Oh, this is a tough one. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, uh, this is probably the one of the years where, yeah, I mean, Orton, Orton gets it, Orton deserves it. Uh, you know, I, I look at the list there of guys, I don't want to see a, a bar near it. I'd throw out an option, could be Jericho again. Uh, Jericho was now back. This is on his return. And um, is this, um, had he had his... Had he had the match with uh, he had the match with JBL, hadn't he? This was just after he'd returned at the end of the previous year, so I think that's um, that's certainly a, a good position to, to push him in. Um, you know, I, I think you know. Look, I'll throw it out there. Maybe Punk may not have been so much of a um, dark horse because he'd had his first um, Money in the Bank win. Yeah, um, it would have certainly certainly made it interesting um, and could very well have been uh, a, a good a, a good option. Uh, I, I really think in the end, I, I think this is a year where Orton, I, I, don't, I don't deny that you know, his win was probably a good win and it was a good story told during the match of him with, the, in fact, this is probably one of the best in-ring stories since the Benoit coast-to-coast win. Uh, this is probably the best rumble in-ring story they told. I'd, I'd, I'd throw out maybe Jericho as as, as, as another option. Um, you know, that, that's that's probably where I'm, I'm looking at. Yep. I I agree. I guess I'm torn. Jericho's a good pick for me uh, and you. I like, I've always been a CM Punk fan. Um, there's just not too much that you can do with some of these guys being hamstrung with John Cena as your champion. Um, could, can, can, can you throw out, could, would it have been interesting to have, and at this point it would have been DiBiase, DiBiase Jr. turn on Orton and throw him out? Yeah, that that would have been, I mean, you got a lot of different options there. I think you're, you're, you, we talked about safe picks throughout this thing, um, you know, going in, Undertaker, you know, I mean, there's just, there's a, a couple of different pieces here, so, um, yeah, I mean, and even when you look at it, Orton wins, but he faces Triple H for the title, um, due to the Elimination Chamber, and they have a shitty match, um, so, kind of a weird, a weird year for this, um, I don't know, we got a couple of different options there, like I said, or like you talked about, I think Jericho's a good pick, um, you just got to figure out who Jericho's going to tell the story with. Um, and maybe his best story is against John Cena, you know, I, I you know, given, and, and then you have that Orton versus Triple H feud uh, in a different light. You have Michaels versus um, Undertaker in a different light. You know, you've got a couple of different options there if you rebook everything from start to finish. So I, I, I like some of these options here. So let's jump to 2010. I remember watching this one live uh, from Atlanta. Um, this is one where Michaels gets eliminated right there near the end. 
and it's almost as though it was a mistake. I mean, it, it looked really good the way he got eliminated. Um, this one, Edge wins at the 29 spot. He ends up facing Jericho at WrestleMania. Um, I like Jericho to win here. Um, Batista's a good good one here to win as well. Um, and this is honestly where I would, you know, maybe start to make a claim for a CM Punk. I mean, a, a real hard push and say this is the guy that needs to be winning this thing. Especially over on the SmackDown roster, um, you know, to go on and, and face The Undertaker. Well, this, this was when he really. This was when he was in the middle of the um, the the um, the uh, what's straight the, edge um, society. The group. The straight edge Sorry? society. Straight, the edge, straight society. edge society. That's yeah. what I was thinking. Oh yeah, he. I, I remember him in the ring and he's talking up and he's talking down. Look, he he really really held that first third of the rumble together. Put him in a little bit later, could have done the exact same thing, and you could have put him over, and I think it would have worked. Uh, Punk's a good Punk's a good one here. Yeah, the usual suspects start to come into play. Michaels, Cena, look, you know, Jericho could be thrown out there again. Batista, you've got all the all the usual suspects in there um, as 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 people who are going to be thrown out there for someone different. I'd, I'd like to. Punk could be considered. I actually think he'd be a better option the following year. Yeah. But um, I think you, know, you certainly have him in in, in the running. Um, you, but you're probably looking here at your um, yeah at, at your usual suspects. Your, your Triple H's, your, your Shawn Michaels. Um, again, I, I just seem to throw it there every other year because he never won it. Chris Jericho, I think, um, would have. And he put in a really good showing. In, in, uh, he wasn't out for long, but he was at the right out there at the right time. So, yeah, there's a few there's a few options in there, but um, the usual suspects. You know, I, I don't want to say Cena, you know, because he was the, the next last man. He maybe Triple H. Yeah, like you said, maybe you give him a thing. Although he'd been in there for a while to have done so. Maybe maybe Sean. Maybe you know, who knows? Yeah, I I like I said, I, I'd make a big push to go with. Oh, I, I, throw one out there. Here's one for the time period. What yeah. about Mark Henry? Yeah. What about now Drew? Mark Henry is a legitimate world championship contender. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mark Henry would have been a, 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 another one who, who I'd like to throw out there could have been worth considering. Yep. And this is also the time frame where we have to start um, kind of looking at, all right, we, we have the winner going on to WrestleMania, but we also have that big fucking roadblock, right? going into it, and that's the Elimination Chamber where they're switching everything up anyways. Um, you know, that's that's difficult for me to really give it a big push and, and, and do a lot with. So, I don't know. That's kind of interesting to see, uh, you know, how that changes overall booking plans from start to finish. But, yeah, let's, let's jump to 2011, the first 40-man Royal Rumble uh, from Boston – won by Alberto Del Rio in what many say is a pretty fun uh, finish with Santino coming back in. Uh, it was it was interesting to see it go down. Um, we saw the early the early stuff with uh, CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Um, and this is where Punk was doing the new Nexus. Um, so some pretty good stuff here. Uh, you know, Punk had David Otunga and Husky Harris and Michael McGillicuddy, whoever those guys ended up being. 
Um, you know, it, it's funny to see Husky Harris before Bray Wyatt and, and just how misused he was. Um, but you look at this Rumble with 40 men, but there's not a ton of great choices here. Um, I like and, Del- and, and the reason is because they threw out all the better options in the first half of the Rumble. Yep, and I really like Del Rio winning. I really do. Um, I, I You look at, okay, let's do our usual suspects. Orton would have been a great one. Um, but I do think that this is CM Punk's match to, to win, to run the gauntlet all the way through on top of having the new Nexus with him. And as you start to see some of those guys get thrown out here, some of those guys starting to get thrown out there um, and really making a big case there at the end, I wouldn't mind seeing him and Daniel Bryan go coast to coast and, and then beating him at the end. Um, that would have been some pretty fun stuff. I'm not sure I could have had Daniel Bryan go with him only because I think the idea of the Nexus in there work as a unit for a while. And, and, and that turning point when, when John Cena came out, he didn't have to eliminate everyone. You could have just had him eliminate one. And then, you know, like you said, slowly Punk loses his backup and then has to rely on himself. I just want to throw one thing just for the fun of it all, because we're no longer, because we're at the point where we've got the Elimination Chamber in there and so we can throw in, things can change in the Elimination Chamber. I think it would have been really fun to have Santino Morello actually win the event and at the Elimination Chamber, Alberto Del Rio kills him in an Elimination Chamber match. You know, like, first two men, you know, Santino Morello, Alberto Del Rio in Elimination Chamber and Del Rio pins him in 30 seconds and then has four minutes to wait for someone to come out of a chamber. Oh, I... That would have been fun. I agree. That would have been great. Um, and looking at that Elimination Chamber, uh, that that would have been an interesting little run for him uh, to, to go through and... In, 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 uh, now, he would have been facing Edge, who would have been on SmackDown. Um, so you would have had Wade Barrett, Big Show, Drew McIntyre, Kane, Rey Mysterio, and Edge. Um, I like Drew McIntyre. I, th- I like Wade Barrett. You know, he's another guy that I wouldn't have mind seeing something done with. Now, is he in this one here? Yeah, yeah Wade Barrett came in at 30. This was when they had Nexus and all. Was it the yeah. Nexus and what was Barrett's group? Was, uh, um, the Corey. Sorry? They were called the Corey. The Core. Yeah. I thought they were the Core. Well, yeah, and I think they, um, and they, they spelled... had that big brawl at the beginning of the event, and then yeah. they all got sent back out. And then, yeah, Barrett, I think, yeah, Barrett would have been a very interesting uh, option here, because this was when he was probably at his absolute, uh, at the best, the best he ever been positioned, and I think he never got positioned as well after this. No, he, he really didn't. Let's go to 2012 from St. Louis. Um, this is one where I remember a lot of people getting frustrated that Sheamus won. Um, this is one where I'd make another play for Randy Orton simply because of uh, the name value in the town. I thought that he would have been the perfect guy to, to walk out of this one um, as the winner. I think Wade Barrett is another good choice, but maybe a year too late. Um, you could also always do Michael Cole, but um, I don't think that would have worked out too well. You know what? I know it's it's not, maybe it's not the most, uh, the most uh, politically correct one, but I'll tell you what, that 12 to 18 month period, 
around this time period. I actually thought the Miz, you, you could make a case for the Miz. Yeah. Um, I, I know he's not the best in ring, but the guy got himself over and he was entertaining to watch. And I, I think it would have been it would have been an interesting situation. I, I wonder if it, if it could have been acceptable. He probably would have needed to do it some underhanded or whatever way. But I think the Miz would have been a legitimate. I could have accepted that as as an alternative. I just don't um, think he could have come in at number one and done it. Oh no! Hell no! No, you would have to brought him in later in the event. No, I wouldn't yeah. have brought him in at one. But I think he's certainly an alternative, Victor, uh, yeah. that you could that you could look at. Yeah, I, I I can I can jump with that. I I like that idea of the Miz. So let's go to let's go to 2013 um, from Phoenix. We had John Cena win this one. Uh, an interesting year uh, at the Royal Rumble, to say the least. Kind of anticlimactic with Cena winning for all intents and purposes. Um, this is obviously to set up Cena versus The Rock. Um, CM Punk losing the title. You know, this is the year that I got to go watch WrestleMania. Um, yeah, just a really a, um, an interesting. Yeah, I mean, just I don't know. I just don't like. I'm not a big John Cena guy. <laughs> he wins a lot and he does a lot of good things. Um, this is before Daniel Bryan really got big. Um, that would have been fun to see, but you're, you've got to you've got to have a guy to go up against The Rock. Um, and Cena is kind of when you look at this list of people, the only other one that I could maybe talk about would be Randy Orton. Yeah, look, I think if you want to throw in another option here, maybe Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he came out early and nearly went the distance. Uh, I think this is probably when Ziggler was at the and the he should have faced Del Rio. He, he could have he could have went up against Del Rio. Let's just absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I like I like Ziggler. I like you know Jericho's another good option. He went he went the distance. You know, in this one, forty seven minutes did a good job. Um, Daniel Bryan versus Del Rio would have been interesting because I believe Bryan had had um, some success at this point as a as a closet world champion. Um, what if? What if? Uh, I guess the time period. What if you put Ryback over? I uh, Ryback had just come off his series with he just got himself over huge. Had his little match with Punk, uh, which they probably shouldn't have put him in that position because I think everyone knew that Ryback wasn't going to win, but. I think, you know, I, I think Ryback would have been a legitimate option here as well. Yeah. Um, let's go to 2014 uh, from Pittsburgh. Uh, quite, <laughs> quite possibly the most controversial Royal Rumble for a number of different reasons. Um, let's talk about the first one. CM Punk's last official WWE match up until this point. Um, and it's been two years and he hasn't, you know, stepped foot in a ring since. Um do, you know, could you play the idea of giving him the win here in order to go on to WrestleMania? Um, that would have been a great story. I think we can both agree that the man that should have won this match wasn't even in it, and that was um, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson. He, he should have won, and he wasn't. Steve Austin said it best. Why would you put Rey Mysterio, one of your biggest baby faces, at number 30, when every single person in the arena and around the world wanted Daniel Bryan to come out and win. Um, I, I, I think that story's been told. 
Um, obviously, this is the, the height of Roman Reigns going nuts and eliminating everybody in sight. So, um, I, th- I, think, I think if you're looking at going into the event, I mean, when you're at the event, I, I really wonder, like, I, I remember watching it going with Brian not there. If Roman Reigns had won, I think it would have put him over big time. The issues they're having, they've had with him over the last 12 to 8 months would be never have happened because the fans were ready to cheer Roman Reigns at that point. Yeah. And, and if they put him over as the shock, everyone would have cheered him, everyone would have loved it, and it would have been the only thing that would have... Um, I think stop the crowd from booing the hell out of whoever was the winner. Yeah. Um, the only the, the other one I want to throw well, out there real is real quick. Let's say that B- Batista did win this Royal Rumble match. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The only other two I want to throw out there is an option. One is Antonio Cesaro. I think Cesaro. This is after he'd had his initial push. Then they de-pushed him. And I think you could have. I think the crowd would have accepted Cesaro, and I think he would have been a, a good option. And if you're wanting someone who you can just use as take the heat, Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. Give him another win. Yeah. Uh, but I think I, I think they could have pulled the trigger on Roman Reigns here, and I think it would have been. It oh, it would have been, been history making. To I see mean, how wrestling history changed. Yeah, he would have changed everything because you have him win this match and go on and beat Randy Orton for the title. Um, Batista, you find something different to do with him. I, I think and everybody and would Brian have... Danielson, Daniel Bryan has his match with Triple H as second, you know, as the second to the main event. You know, instead yeah. of opening match, you put it on a second last. The crowd go nuts for Daniel Bryan beating Triple H. Then the crowd go nuts for Roman Reigns winning. And and Brock Lesnar does not beat the Undertaker. I think Brock <laughs> Lesnar versus Batista would have been a great match. I, oh. I really, I, I think that that would have been that would have been money, in my opinion, at yes. this time. With both of their characters, that would have yes, been. I like that. I, I just they really, in my opinion, messed up by having Undertaker lose a streak. I, I'm not. I'm still sour about it. I don't think it was a good idea, but that's just me. All right, Dave. Let's go to 2015. Last year's Rumble from Philly. Um, the winner was Roman Reigns. I think you and I can both agree that the man who should have won is Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah, I don't think we need to get into debate on this one. I, I think I think we just straight out Daniel Bryan wins it, um, and you and you and you leave it at that. At one hundred percent. And the only other guy that could have even made a, a hint or a glimmer would have been Bray Wyatt, but um, and that would have been using Harper and Rain or Harper and Rowan the whole time. But no, this was Daniel Bryan's match to win. They took it away from him another time. And Roman Reigns ended up winning, going on to WrestleMania, losing because Seth Rollins comes out with Money in the Bank. Um, they really, they really messed this up here these last two years. Um, I, I ugh, exactly woof. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think without a doubt that's what you do um, to to make 2015. More memorable. I think everybody was looking forward to the Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar match. Um, it was it was something that a lot of people were interested in seeing happen. Um, it would have been it would have been weird to see it go down, especially given the history. So Brock Lesnar beats the Undertaker, and then Daniel Bryan beats him for the title, kind of thing. You know what I mean? It 
they really kind of booked themselves in a corner with that. So I do like the idea, even if Brian did win of Seth Rollins cashing in Money in the Bank, I thought that story was really good. Um, oh, you still could have done that. Offense. At least it would have helped make Seth, like Seth Rollins would have had the heel heat big time as a result. Yeah, and then it almost kind of plays into real life what did happen with Danielson getting hurt, and it could have been due to the match with, uh, with Brock. So let's look at the Royal Rumble 2016 from Orlando. Who do you who do you think needs the win here? Uh, look, I think they have mucked this this whole thing up so badly that um, in recent years that it's just I mean, look, I think they shouldn't have put Roman Reigns in, in the in the positions that they did through the year. I think they've built him to the point where he could probably win the Rumble and get cheered this year. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think anyone would have had an issue with it, but that's not what we've done. That's not how we're operating. We do whatever we're doing. What? Uh, look, I, I think from where we are, what are our options? I think if Seth Rollins is, I don't know, will he be back in time? No, I, I think he he's got a longer wait with the torn okay. ACL. He's out for so that. if we look at we look at if we look at the card and who is positioned in in, in strong spots at the moment, I don't again. I tell you what, Dean Ambrose winning could be interesting and have Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns go at it. And I'm, I'm just trying to avoid Brock Lesnar because it's very easy to say put Brock back in there. So I'm just, I want to I want to avoid Brock for the moment. Um, Dean Ambrose winning could be interesting. Put him, have him turn heel on Roman Reigns and want his shot now. Uh, that could be a good story and that could make for an interesting, uh, interesting rumble. Um, you know, they've just, look, do you put... I don't know if you put Sheamus in the spot, but but is is having Rusev or Alberto can they be rehabbed in a way that having them win the Rumble would be acceptable? I don't know. Um, Bray Wyatt, you could put Bray Wyatt over, and uh, yeah, I think the problem is there's just so many damaged guys in the company at the moment with the way they've booked them over the last couple of years that to, to sit there and go, who is a real good chance of winning this? There, there's not. I think everyone's just going to be sitting going, I want one of two things to happen. I either want Brock Lesnar to come in and win it or I want Daniel Bryan to be cleared and he'll come in and he'll win it. Yeah. And I think they're the only two options I can see really happening. Yeah. I, I'd have to go 100% with Dean Ambrose. I think that he's the guy that they need to pull the trigger on. Um, he needs to get some wrestling tights. Um, and when he does, it, it's going to be great. It's going to be perfect. And him versus Roman Reigns is a good match um, to turn Reigns heel. I would love to see Roman Reigns come out with Triple H in the authority. I think it's it's what he needs to do um, to go against Ambrose, especially for the amount of time that Rollins is going to be out. Um and and really build that up. I those are that that's my match. That's what I want to see. Is it going to happen? I don't know. You know, do, do you got a guy like Randy Orton? Can he come back? Um, Daniel Bryan, you wish would come back. Fucking John Cena. You know, there's there's definitely talk that he's going to come back at the Rumble. Um, how about a guy like Kevin Owens? You know, is he a guy? That- Great. I just think I just think there's just so many guys they have mucked the booking up. I mean, why would they? I mean, they had Kevin Owen 
beat Cena, and even losing the, the two rematches, he was still at Cena's level, and now he's, you know, doing 50-50 booking with guys, that, you know, with Dolph and with you know, guys that he shouldn't be doing 50-50 booking with. Yeah. Um, you know, they could, have, they could have continued, they could have built Kevin Owens out of that Cena feud to be in this ready-made position of win the Rumble and be a good, legitimate challenger to Roman Reigns. The same thing with Rusev. Um, you had the same thing with any of these blokes. If they booked them better, you'd, ha- you'd be sitting here going, I want to see that match, but I'm just, there's not a lot of matches. I'm sitting here going, bring it on. I want to see it. Yep, I, I completely agree. And, and like we talked about when we first set this up, the Royal Rumble is that reset button for so many um, con- competitors in the WWE for so much of what they want to do. This is their chance to really light the fires and, and get going into WrestleMania season. Um, we've uh, we've been talking here for almost two hours, so let's let's wrap up, uh, Dave. It's been fun talking about the Rumble. Uh, you know, personally, a favorite for you and I when we discuss what's going on in the past and and going back and and you know just putting a Rumble in right now. Uh, you and I both talked about our love for '89. I think that's if I have a go-to, that's the one I'm going to go in and watch. Um, and, and I'm hoping that. In 2016, on January the 24th, uh, that the WWE does something that makes me want to watch again um, in terms of, you know, giving me a match that I, I will love to see, I'm excited to see. I always get excited about the Rumble no matter what, but I want, you know, I want to be invested in somebody um, going into WrestleMania so that hopefully they can really do something well with, with the win and make it mean something. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree. I, I agree wholeheartedly couldn't agree more with with that I mean that's what they need to do give us someone to get behind give us someone who we want to see in the main event that's what it's all about absolutely all right ladies and gentlemen once again this is the low blow booking podcast coming at you uh live and in living color check us out on itunes and podbean let your friends know do us all a favor and and give them a christmas gift of the low blow booking podcast let them know about it uh the more likes the more shares uh you know here in 2016 we're going to be uh posting some of our our previews of our shows as dave and i uh get back into our regular schedule and maybe getting a little bit of feedback from people maybe getting a couple of ideas from some others and reading those online uh you know letting you guys know that your opinions are are deeply valued um i know we've got a couple of different uh ideas in the hopper and as we jump into 2016 dave and i are going to be looking at getting on a regular schedule with some of these so that you guys can enjoy uh you know what we do and and looking at angles wrestlers years and different ideas of of pro wrestling and 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 booking those events and and seeing how they could have been differently i think we talked about it here tonight we enjoyed the royal rumble we loved it these are some things that maybe could have done differently i know a lot of it kind of is repeat stuff and you have to take into account so many different factors and and that's what we love to do here with the low blow booking podcast so uh as a finishing touch, Dave, I want to wish you and your family a happy holidays and, and a great you know six-week break like you talked about in Australia. Um, I hope you enjoy Star Wars a second time as much as I did uh, the two times that I saw it as well. Uh, thank you very much, Derek. And, and I also want to extend a, a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, and a, and a safe and happy New Year to all the listeners over there in America and around the world. And uh, from down here in, in lovely, warm Australia, I hope you guys enjoy your winter season. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. Give us a like, give us a share. Let people know about the Low Blow Booking Podcast and let us know your ideas of what you'd like to talk about or if you'd like to be on the air. I've got a couple of different guys that are toying with some different things right now. So uh, we're going to be coming back at you in 2016 um, as as hard and as fast as we possibly can and, and putting out some great stuff. So you guys have a great, safe, happy new year. Thank you very much. We'll see you later.